Welcome back to the Life of Cabri podcast with me, Serena Hussein. I hope you're well. This one, this particular topic is one that really resonated with me because I've spoken about the addiction to the struggle story before. So I read this article in the New Yorker, it was January 2022's edition and in the section for, um, it's called the critics section, there is an article written by Parol Segel and it's all about the trauma plot. And I read it and then reread it, recorded a whole podcast episode about it, actually. And it was too much. It was very heavy. So what I've done is I've taken extra time for this weekly episode to take sections from it. I'm going to be paraphrasing a bit, quoting Parol directly, as well as citing some of her sources. So bear with me. But welcome back to the Life of Calvary podcast. This is going to be a weekly event um, and there's so much more for me to share actually as well. So stay tuned, subscribe, share this with people that you know will appreciate content from me. So Let's get into this. The trauma plot. The trauma plot has arrived to rule them all. Unlike the marriage plot, Parole says, the trauma plot doesn't direct our curiosity toward the future. Will they or won't they? But actually, back into the past. What happened to her? The prevalence of the trauma plot cannot come as a surprise at a time when the notion of trauma has proved all engulfing. Its customary clinical incarnation, PTSD, is the fourth most commonly diagnosed psychiatric disorder in America and one with a vast remit. Trauma now encompasses anything the body perceives as too much, too fast, too soon. The expanded definition has allowed many people to receive care, but has also really stretched the concept so far that Parallel says some 636,120 possible symptom combinations can be attributed to PTSD. The ambiguity is moral and medical, she says. She talks about the soldier who commits war crimes can share the diagnosis with its victims and the journalist reporting it to the descendants of the victims and then even the historian studying it a year later, a casualty of vicarious trauma. Is modern life inherently traumatic? Or are we better at spotting it? This is a statement that Parole's making, but it's a question that I'm posing for you as I'm recording this podcast episode from my home space. If you're on YouTube, welcome to the visual version. Thank you so much, by the way, for tuning in, checking in and everything else on my social platforms as well. Everything is linked. But do you think that modern life is inherently traumatic? Or are we better at spotting it. Have we become more attentive to human suffering? I would say yes, absolutely. I think that we're in this sort of danger of of 
saying where that it's better to be acutely aware so you become aware rather than just being ignorant. I think this is where presence and holistic activities and practices come in in order to temper that awareness. It can be too acute, in my opinion. Parol says, are we prone to perceive everything as injury? In a world infatuated with victimhood, she carries on, has trauma emerged as a passport to status, our red badge of courage? This question itself might offend. We have become so interested in Marvel superheroes who brood over their daddy issues and obscurely injured literary heroines. She sources Ellie Weissel, who wrote, If Greeks invented tragedy, the Romans the epistle and the Renaissance the sonnet, our generation invented a new literature, that of testimony. Parole continues, the enshrinement of testimony in all its guises, in memoirs, confessional poetry, survivor narratives, talk shows, elevated trauma from a sign of moral defect to a source of moral authority, even a kind of expertise. Now, my personal thoughts about the enshrinement of testimony in spoken word poetry, rap, influencer content, mental health content, the struggle story is that it's become an identity and it's become an identity that others resonate with and then it just becomes more and more amplified to the point that I don't know if it's actually helping anyone. I've talked about this before. Are we then in the danger of re-traumatizing ourselves and others by constantly reliving the trauma because now it's part of our identity. It's part of the whole content of our work. I've talked about this in the commentary about my poetry project, Lehenga Polaroid, where I deliberately did not want to talk about past trauma in detail because I didn't want to traumatize myself or anyone else who may relate to it. But I wanted to do the thing that I believe artists should be doing or could ideally do, or actually what artists do, which is what makes them artists, is that they transcend the murkiness. Mm, They move away from the specifics of trauma and they tell it as an artist, they retell it. That's what storytelling is about. That's what creativity is about. Parole says, trauma now trumps all identities, evacuates personality, remakes it in its own image. Trauma has become synonymous with backstory, but so is that all we have from our past that informs our present? Do you agree? Let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Trauma narratives portray what trauma does, annihilate the self and freeze the imagination. I'll go one step further then, Peril. I will say it freezes our ability to transcend, to imagine more. Actually, she's saying that. But to be able to visualize more for ourselves, it freezes our ability to do that. 
In a recent Harper's essay, sorry, my camera just went off. That was the, the reason for the pause. Parole says, in a recent Harper's essay, novelist Will Self suggests that the biggest beneficiaries of the trauma model are trauma theorists themselves who are granted a kind of tenure entrusted with a lifetime's work of witnessing and interpreting. This is also my gripe with a lot of influencer content and mental health content is that we could forever be witnessing and interpreting our trauma and the trauma stories that we become exposed to. If we are documenting, we are now documenting trauma all the time. So now there's a real appetite for trauma stories, especially from diverse backgrounds. Parole says, my trauma, I've heard it said with an odd note of caress, and behind it, something steely, protective. You've heard people say, my trauma. She goes on, and con- sorry, she concludes, the trauma plot flattens, distorts, reduces character to symptom and in turn instructs and insists upon its moral authority. The solace of its simplicity comes at no little cost. It disregards what we know and asks that we forget it too. Forget about the pleasures of not knowing about traumas. Forget about the unscripted dimensions of suffering the unscripted dimensions, what we don't know of suffering and trauma, and asks us to forget about the odd angularities of personality. And above all, she says that the trauma plot asks us to forget about the allure of, sorry, the allure and necessity of other details from our past, our settings, our lives, our stories, the rest of the story, the plot, all of it. We're missing out other parts, so much so that we are hyper-focused on our trauma story and, in my opinion, now hyper-vigilant to anything that could potentially trigger our trauma or create a new. What do you think? I would love to hear from you. On all platforms, welcome again. This is a weekly episode. This is Life Vocabulary. I am Serena Hussein. I'll be back on a weekly basis. I am back on a weekly basis. This is a real outlet for me, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a really special outlet for me. I am entirely self-produced. I'm welcoming you into my personal space as I record and shoot this. So... I want to share a little bit more about how self-production and that sort of creative process is so incredibly enriching, especially when you're struggling with your mental health. And I and I and I and I don't lie. I I, I don't like to present a picture of perfect mental health. I am not that. So this is an incredible opportunity for me to capture insightful information for you. I hope you got some of the value from this episode that I got from the entire article. Again, if you want to check it out, it's in the New Yorker magazine. The writers Pearl Segal, S-E-H-G-A-L. 
and uh, it's it's a really insightful read so thank you again for listening thus far and watching on youtube i'll be back next week you'll hear from me then